So this is episode two of Songs We Love, a podcast where my brother and I break down uh, our favorite songs. Today we're doing a song off of Radiohead's uh, 1997 album, OK Computer. And my brother just played the intro for it. That is uh, the intro to Subterranean Homesick Alien. Um, so last time we talked, Gabe, you were saying that uh, there were like a lot, there's a lot of smoke all kinds of stuff going on out in uh, Washington. Have Has that cleared away? Are you guys back to normal now? It has. So we got several days of rain, and it wasn't long before it was completely clear. Um, it was from hazardous to, like, clean. But, so it's amazing what a little bit of rainfall can do. Is that the first time you've ever been happy to see it rain in the Northwest? I think that's correct. Yeah, I think... Uh, <laughs> I usually uh, can't stand the rain, but after wildfires, it's like, yeah, you're praying for it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, this song, can you remember the first time you heard it or the first time you heard Radiohead and what you what your impressions were? Yeah, I have, I'm having a feeling it was around the times of Napster because that's when we downloaded most albums and I know you were you followed a lot of blogs and a lot of um, kind of album lists like best albums of the 90s etc so you're always getting ideas for new albums to download from those lists and I think OK Computer was probably from that era of downloading like everything we could get our hands on we knew it was critically acclaimed um, I do remember being pretty fascinated by Radiohead as a band and listening to that album quite a bit on my CD Walkman. <laughs> um, remember that? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I definitely think it was yeah. it was from you. I think it was from Master Downloads. And obviously we burned everything that we got. And so I remember having a disc with, you know, OK Computer written in Sharpie. And we put it in our, our little CD, you know, holder, whatever you would call it, CD book. And that yeah. was a lot of plays. And um, that was definitely, like, musically, that was pretty eye-opening. Um, I remember Paranoid Android just being really captivated by all the guitar work. Um, I can't remember... Remember watching Romeo and Juliet with... Um, Leonardo DiCaprio um, and Claire Danes, but I remember Exit Music for Film was in that, and so I don't remember yeah. if we already heard of Radiohead by that point, or if that was kind of a tip to their music, but I do remember kind of, that was an interesting film for its time, because it was like a really modern take on the story. With all like, the language. What's that? With all the original Shakespearean language. Right. Yeah, but with yeah. guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird, kind of a weird movie. Uh, Radiohead actually wrote that song for the movie and then just stuck yeah. it on a computer the yeah. next year. Uh, which I've always been confused by because they wrote another song for the movie. I think it's uh, called Talk Show Host. And that song's actually way better. And like, if I would have chosen a song for OK Computer, I would have put that song on there. 
Yeah, because that was like a B-side, right? Yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, the song that we've chosen today, it might be a little strange because it's not one of the uh, singles from the album. It's not really one of Radiohead's best-known songs. Uh, the best-known song Radiohead's ever written would probably be Paranoid Android, which comes right before this on the album. Um, but I've just always loved this song, and uh, I just think it's got a really kind of relaxing vibe to it, and I've just always enjoyed it. So uh, let me start by talking a little bit about Radiohead. And uh band has five members. Um, Tom York, lead singer. Johnny Greenwood plays lead guitar. Colin Greenwood on bass. Uh, Ed O'Brien plays backing guitar. And then Philip Selway plays drums. And all five of those guys grew up near Oxford, England. And they met at a boarding school in the mid-'80s. And uh, their first band was called On a Friday because that was the day that they rehearsed. Uh, they had a lot of 80s influences, uh, U2, The Smiths, R.E.M. Uh, they kind of went on hiatus for several years because four out of the five guys went to college uh, to satisfy their parents. Uh, but they kept rehearsing while they were in college, and after they graduated from college, they started playing around the Oxford area. And by the early 90s, their sound had kind of evolved to be more alternative rock. It was more distorted. Uh, bands like Nirvana and Pearl Jam were popular at the time. They changed their name to Radiohead, which was a reference to a Talking Head song, and uh, made a demo tape that started to get some buzz. And eventually, uh, EMI noticed and signed them to a uh, six-album deal. Their first album, Pablo Honey, came out in 1993. And uh, the song that would end up being their breakout hit, Creep, was on that album, and it was recorded in just one take. Legend has it that Radiohead didn't even know they were being recorded at the time. Uh, Pablo Honey actually didn't sell well in their home country, the UK, at all. Uh, the BBC wouldn't play Creep because it thought it was too depressing. Uh, but the song did really well in uh, other parts of the world, especially the United States. And Johnny Greenwood kind of added some random guitar blasts uh, in there, and that made the song memorable, and it ended up becoming a major hit. So the band followed that up with uh, The Benz in 1995. Uh, once again, the band went on a world tour to support that album. Uh, the album didn't sell as well as the first one, but they had a couple of hit singles with Fake Plastic Trees and High and Dry. And then in 1997, they released their third album, OK Computer. Uh, the first two albums were just straight guitar albums, but this one, uh, the band decided to get experimental and so it's still a guitar album at its heart, but they add on a lot of electronic textures into the production, and it's a lot bit it's a lot more complex uh, than previous albums. They were really influenced by uh, Miles Davis, by the Beach Boys, um, and by uh, other alternative bands as well. Uh, the lyrics for this album are pretty dark and dystopian. They kind of center around a future that in which people have become dehumanized. Uh, through technology and the album was kind of hailed as a classic from the get-go and it's made uh, Radiohead one of the biggest bands in the world. Uh, before I move on to the actual song, if, Gabe, if you had to describe, first of all, do you think OK Computer is Radiohead's best album or have they gotten better since then? And if you were to choose three words to describe the album, what would they be? Yeah, have they gotten better? Um, I think 
they took the um, the guitar act as far as they possibly could. I think OK Computer is the best possible evolution and iteration of that sound that they could. And I think they were smart musicians to just call it quits because they probably knew how do we follow up OK Computer. I mean, as far as what they were going for, it was perfection. Um, it, it flowed seamlessly, you know, thematically. You know, it was totally cohesive and you know really tight um so i think for you know being the alternative rock band that they were at the time with electronic influence yeah that's that's the best that they did it was better than the bends and they they decided to go a completely different direction so i think they have matured um i don't know is okay computer the best album they've ever put out is yeah, again as far as like a rock album yes but i i actually find their later albums more interesting musically i think kind of putting guitar in the background and kind of experimenting um i think there were elements of kid a amnesiac and rainbows those later albums that are actually more musically interesting i think they did mature as a band and so i think they in a way, they, they got better. Um, it seemed to be like one step ahead of the curve, too. Like, yeah. they, they went electronic before that was kind of the wave. You know, like, grunge yeah. was kind of already on its way out when they put OK Computer out. And I think they sensed that. And they'd kind of ridden the coattails of alternative rock. And so now they were, like, looking for the next thing. But they actually got to the next thing before most other bands did. And then they did it again. Like when they put out in rainbows, like they basically just gave the album away or let yeah. people do whatever they want online, right. yeah. which was like years ahead of Spotify. Like, so eventually every band, you know, did that. Correct. Uh, but once again, like they were way ahead of their time and they yeah. one step ahead. Yeah. And they, they matured lyrically too. I think they asked Tom York, if you could go back and talk to yourself in 1997, what would you say? And he would say, cheer up, man. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's lighten the F up, I think, in one of his interviews. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, but he, yeah, I mean, I think he just kind of got more soul in him. And um, I don't know, like almost like this romantic quality to his music later, um, which I think everybody learned to appreciate, kind of like a sweetness in his voice, his falsetto. Um, but yeah, you asked three words that kind of summed up the album. I would say futuristic. Obviously, he's kind of looking toward a future, even though it's kind of bleak. He's kind of pointing in that direction with the, uh, you know, the takeover of technology. I'd say timeless, because even though it does find its way neatly in 90s alt rock, it's definitely, it doesn't sound dated. Um, and... I think it is an album that people can continue to go back to and really take something new from it every time. And then the third word, which is kind of, I mean, it's hyphenated, but genre defined. Um, I think, yes, again, it, it does fit into 90s rock, but it's its own thing. And at the time it was released, I've, I've seen it written that it was, it felt like it had fallen out of space. Like it felt like this, like where in the world did this come from? Because looking back, Obviously, people have piggybacked off of Radiohead's concepts, but at the time, it was out of nowhere. There was nothing that really sounded like that. 
their mix of influences, their production. And so for that reason, I say it, it kind of defies all genres. Yeah. Yeah, those are good. Uh, one writer that I read while researching for this uh, said that the dominant emotion of the album is panic, which I don't think I would have come to that on my own, but once I read that, I, I said, wow, that makes a lot of sense. There is a lot of panic on this album. Uh, Paranoid Android, you know, seems to be some kind of meltdown. Uh, the last song on the album, especially The Tourist, is kind of like a guy freaking out, begging somebody to slow down, uh, you know, in a taxi or something. Uh, there's a lot, there is a lot of panic on this album. Uh, but this song seems to be the exception. This song, uh, I would say the dominant emotional theme of this song is longing. Um, so the song comes right after Paranoid Android, which was the biggest single from the album. It might be Radiohead's biggest song altogether. Uh, and that song is written from the point of, a view, uh, point of view of a person who feels just intensely alienated from the world around him. The title actually comes from uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And so there's a robot in that novel named Marvin who lives in a state of depression all the time because he's got this huge brain, like they gave him the mind the size of a planet. Uh, but he's only ever asked to do really menial, meaningless tasks. And so the character in Paranoid Android kind of sounds like Marvin in the sense that he's way, he thinks he's way smarter than everybody else. He develops kind of this god complex and fantasizes about destroying all the stupid people that he sees around him. Uh, but Subterranean Homesick Aliens kind of the opposite. In this song, uh, Tom kind of allows himself to wonder whether there might be more to the universe than what he can see. And so the character in the song just talks about growing up in a really uh, sterile small town. He says, you can't smell a thing. Uh, nothing interesting ever happens. He says, you watch your feet for cracks in the pavement. But then he imagines that there are aliens hovering high up above uh, making home movies of humans and all the weird things that they do. Um, so he kind of looks at life as it would look from the outside. And he talks about the weird things that people do, like who lock up their spirits, drill holes in themselves, and live for their secrets. And then the chorus of the song just says, they're all uptight. Uh, so as the song goes along, you kind of start to see a longing for a way out of the mess that humans are in and for personal peace. The last verse of the song says, I wish that they'd swoop down in a country lane late at night when I'm driving, take me on board their beautiful ship, show me the world as I'd love to see it. But then he speculates as to what would happen if that actually happened to him. Like, what if there was a being or beings outside of this universe that could explain the meaning of life? Uh, how would other people react to someone who had experienced that kind of revelation? And he writes, I'd tell all my friends, but they'd never believe me. They'd think that I'd finally lost it completely. I'd show them the stars and the meaning of life. They'd shut me away, but I'd be all right. Uh, which is pretty interesting. Um, Radiohead are amazing musicians, but the lyrical content of their songs uh, has always been pretty bleak. I'm pretty sure they have a, a secular view of the world, and sometimes their songs can sound pretty cynical and jaded. And uh, some of their songs sound like they belong in a horror movie. Uh, and yet, that's not all there is to Radiohead. Uh, in my opinion, when they're at their best, uh, there's kind of a longing in Tom York's soul that breaks through. And you kind of see a hope that maybe there's a, something outside of the universe that makes sense of all of this. 
You can see it in this song. He's dreaming about aliens coming from another world to explain the meaning of life. And you also see it in Weird Fishes, uh, which might be my favorite Radiohead song of all time, uh, where he talks about being pulled to the deepest ocean, being pulled to the edge of the world uh, by the eyes of some creature he doesn't specify. And then he says, I'd be crazy not to follow where you lead. Uh, I'd follow you to the edge of the earth. And so once again in that song, he's fantasizing about something beyond this world that's so captivating that it takes him outside of himself, uh, outside of this world, uh, to something better. And so, of course, as a person of faith, I believe that there is something beyond this world. I believe that God made this world, that he chose to enter into the brokenness of it. Uh, he submitted himself to the evil will of men and then was raised from the power of the dead, uh, uh, raised from the dead by the power of the Spirit, and he offers us salvation both in this life and in the world to come. So when I listen to this song, I'm reminded of what uh, the Bible says, that God has set eternity in our hearts. Even if we've convinced ourselves mentally that there is no eternity, it seems like the heart of people never really stops uh, longing for it. And that's kind of what the theme that I pick up in this song is the longing for something outside of all this that would make sense of it. Um, what do you think makes this song work musically? It's kind of a weird song in terms of chord progressions. Uh, what do you think kind of makes the song work on a musical level? Yeah, I think um, it's interesting, the intro and outro, because, you know, it has the D minor, A flat, which is outside of the key, D over G chord, but it doesn't really revolve around a D minor progression. It kind of pedals like a G progression. It goes like G7, G6, C minor over G. And that's kind of where the song lives until you get to the course where you have kind of an arpeggiated FCG pattern. Um, and that, you know, on the, on the hold chord, the G chord, the band's just going all out everybody's you know playing as hard as they can and then when it's arpeggiating again you know you just hear the hi-hat on the drums and there's like a build dynamically um, but i think what i like is just it's a it's a really nice mix of of sounds um first of all you have tom york on the roads um, which is very just nice and pleasant and then you have the two complementing guitar parts where you have johnny greenwood who i think is kind of really gives the song its character um, because talking about space and aliens, his, his sound is what you would expect from outer space. Um, you know, he has um, what I would call alien-like effects. You know, he, he's got a space echo, he's got an envelope filter which kind of messes with the EQ, and then he has the main thing that makes it spacey is his pitch-shifting effects. He uses a whammy, so um, it's kind of like a wall, like there's a pedal, and you can adjust from low to high octaves. And he chooses certain notes to jump the octave, um, just to kind of give it another quality. And yeah, it just, it, it, the way he uses effects um, is just perfect for the song. And then oh, Ed O'Brien, like his guitar is really nice and clean. And when he does the tremolo picking, like the really fast picking in the chorus, it just fits perfectly with the song. Um, 
and I think he's kind of an underrated part of Radiohead anyway, but he adds so many textures, especially in Airbag. Airbag's another one where he's really adding a lot of really nice textures underneath the song. Um, so yeah, I think it's just how they play together as a band. Um, everything is in its right place, not to uh, steal one of their song titles, but yeah. it's it's just perfect. Everybody knows their part and they, they really deliver. Yeah, nice. So uh, why do you think this album is uh, still relevant? You mentioned earlier that you thought it was timeless. Uh, what do you think gives it that timeless quality? Um, I think, I think one, one thing that Radiohead's always been attributed, or one, I don't know, quality that's always been attributed to Radiohead is honesty, and they've talked a lot about that, and I remember seeing an interview with Ed O'Brien, too, and they were just talking about, like, what is it about Radiohead that earns so much respect, you know, that keeps them from, you know, disappearing, and he said, we've just always tried to write really honest songs. Like, we haven't never been trying to be the biggest rock band in the world. And we've never tried to be anybody else. We just try to tell the truth as well as we can and um, find our place in the band. And so I think the honesty comes across, you know? Like, there really is no pretense. Like, you know, there's almost like a, a sarcasm or not taking themselves seriously at times, like underneath all of the gloom. Cause like, yeah, Tom is kind of, is pretty gloomy at times, but there's almost like underneath it all, they're kind of laughing at themselves and they're not taking themselves too seriously. But as, as far as musically, you can tell they're absolute perfectionists. Um, so yeah, I think it's just the fact that they're honest and they were never trying, like you said, they're always a little bit ahead of the band in the road, like they, once they kind of had said what they wanted to say, they never rode the wave. They would always, you know, switch their feet up and try something new. And um, obviously Kid A was a massive change, like a big risk on their part. And yeah. then obviously giving in rainbows away for free was kind of like, it's clear it's not about the money, it's not about the fame. They really just wanted to make good music you know yeah um yeah i think that's true i think there is kind of an honest quality to them it might also help that tom york kind of looks like a space alien like <laughs> <laughs> he kind of fits the the vibe I, I i've never seen them live but i imagine they'd be a really fun band to see live they just got like this crazy energy especially tom york yeah and i did want to say too um Okay, computer. I mean, why is it still relevant? I think you're, it's Radiohead in their prime, releasing their last rock record. In quotes. I mean, there were moments of bringing the rock band back into it, but never for a full album. Yeah. And um, they continued as the world's biggest rock band after '97, um, but they, you know, soon depart into a very different direction. And so I just think it's a, a testament to mastering you know, a sound and then, but not staying there, continuing to challenge themselves. And you can tell that in their work. You can tell that they do not want to get comfortable and they do not want to be predictable. They want to continue to, I've even heard in their live shows, all their loops are created live. 
he's like, if we mess up, we mess up. He's like, that's part of the experience. You know, he's like, we're not afraid to mess up. He's like, we just want it to be raw and in the moment, you know? And so I think that comes across. Uh, Do you have a favorite Radiohead song? You know, when I first heard this album, I mean, at least for OK Computer, I would say this song that we're covering, you know, Homesick Alien, um, is one of my favorites. But I mean, of all their whole catalog, I would say Reckoner um, off of In Rainbows, um, just because it's got a lot of nuance to it and the percussion's great and it's just very, very. I think it's, I feel like it's the opposite of a rock record because um, the guitar really is. It's there, but it's not meant to stand out. It's supposed to just, you know, fit with the rest of the the instrumentation. Um, I I think In Rainbows could be their best album from start to finish that they've done yet. As far as what we're covering, I'd say Homesick Alien is probably my favorite. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did, yeah. I, I There are moments in the album where, as a guitar player, my ears kind of perk up, like um, Paranoid Android, all of the soloing is really nice. And the lectioneering actually is is another really great one for just high intensity guitar solos that aren't shredder solos, but they're like, you know, they're definitely head turners. I would say if I think there might be one song on the album that I think is dated and uh, that would be fitter happier. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. dated with like the simple text app on a Mac, like back in the nineties. Yeah. Like Back in the 90s, everybody had the idea, I think, that robots or computers, if they ever learned to talk, would all sound like this. <laughs> like, I think today, you know, with all the home stuff like Alexa and, you know, OK Google and all that stuff, yeah. like, we know now that if robots ever, you know, become sentient, they're going to sound just like us. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And I think it might be the one song that didn't stand the test of time. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's, that's one I would always skip. Plus, it's really depressing. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, they uh, they came out with a, a like a double album, I guess, a few years ago. The 20 year anniversary of OK Computer passed, and they came out with OK Not OK. Uh-huh. And uh, like it had a bunch of songs, and they had the song called I Promise, which was like basically an unreleased track. And they didn't even think it was good enough to put on the album at the time, but that became you know like I think a minor hit as well, like. Uh, was a, that was a great song in its own right, and that was a throwaway song. Mm. For this. They really should have taken out Fitter Happier and put that in, in its place. But <laughs> Actually, yeah, there are a lot of okay B-sides that would have been much better. Yeah. Even Climbing Up the Walls, I, I will say, that song, it, it makes a good lead-up to No Surprises, because you go from, like, what in the heck did I just listen to? to <laughs> like house. Yeah, to, <laughs> like... Three. Clearly, no surprises was their Beach Boys inspired song, and it's very pleasant. At least musically, it's very pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, Fitter Happier and then Climbing Up the Walls, those are my skip tracks. Um, but at the same time, like, I have to appreciate them for how they fit in the album because the all the, the noise, like, um, from Karma Police does fit really well into Fitter Happier. Um, and then Climbing Up the Walls does 
land really interestingly before No Surprises. So um, I'll give them that. I don't like the songs, but I get it. <laughs> they fit into the flow of the album. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always kind of a amazed. You know, I'm. I don't feel like I'm that old. I'm only 35, but I taught high school for a while. And you know, when you teach high schoolers, you learn very quickly that if you're in your 30s, like you're really old. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the kids aren't listening to your music anymore. Um, you know, they don't know any of the movies that you reference. Uh, just makes you feel like a geezer. But you know, I posted something on Instagram about the fact that we were going to do this episode, and one of the high schoolers I used to teach uh, messaged me and said, "Oh, I love that album. I love Karma Police and uh, Exit Music for a Film." And so it seems like uh, Radiohead's finding its way into the younger generation as well. And a new generation of fans are discovering uh, OK Computer. So that kind of makes me happy. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't expect kids nowadays. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you never know. Like, music is interesting and, and what people take away from music. I mean, there, there's no way to really predict it. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it is still like a standalone, like, I think it's just a really important album because it, Radiohead has always influenced just this whole, like, you know, like so many bands and what they choose to do musically. Um, everyone from like Arcade Fire to Mute Math, I mean, it just goes on and on. And, and they're kind of that band that everybody nods to in some way or another. Um, just because they were the originals in a lot of ways. You know, they were the first to, to experiment with certain things. And so they are a very important band and an important album, too. Yeah, yeah, they've certainly they blazed the path, and they still have a pretty big influence. Um, although I do have to say, like, if uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that video of Tom York doing his weird dances, they are—he's not a good dancer. <laughs> <laughs> Radiohead, stick to music, you know, <laughs> making weird sounds on your laptop. <laughs> Leave the dancing to the professionals. <laughs> He—he's always been kind of a hard guy for me to watch live because he shakes his head like. The entire time yeah he just moves it and moves it and i don't know it's very distracting to me <laughs> um i think like, he got used to being a weirdo as a kid like it said he had several operations on his eye like one of his eyes droops right maybe i think that might have influenced just his sense of isolation and you know alienation and you know he, he has he does kind of have an otherworldly kind of feel to him so making an episode about a song about an alien feels appropriate for, for Tom. Yeah, Gray. and I, I could be wrong. I, I thought I heard he's like colorblind too. Did you read that? No, I didn't see that. Okay, he's definitely definitely an interesting person. Makes for an interesting front man. Well, that's all I have to say about Radiohead and about a uh, subterranean homesick alien. I'm glad things have cleared up where you are. What should we do next? You know, we'll, we'll let the fans tell us. If we have any fans, <laughs> if fans make it this far, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could we could take suggestions. Um, can I make a suggestion? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think it'd be cool to do um, something from Graceland. Maybe a little Paul Simon. It's yeah. pretty cool. Pretty cool Paul stuff. Simon's one of my favorites. Yeah, and there's that. I know we've both watched his documentary on Graceland, so a lot to talk about yeah for sure all right 
tell us what you think in the comments if anybody's watching this and uh, we'll see you next time thanks see you guys